You're listening to Red Nation Online. Saturday, May 28th, it's Prospect 11's Aaron Nielsen, I'm Ian Clark, and welcome to another classic Toronto FC performance away to the New York Red Bulls. Yes, it is the TFC Positivity Podcast, post-3-0 loss, as was all Bradley Wright Phillips and the hat trick that sunk the Reds in under 30 minutes. We do our best to keep the result in perspective, but review the performance asking the question of depth and who can carry the team when all three DPs are out. We discuss all this and more on the next 50 minutes on East Side Stand Up. Weather extreme. Oh, yeah, I was gonna because hey. I was here. I was literally here. I had my I had my parka jacket, and you guys were freezing your ass off. And it was it was not even it was late, wasn't it? Can it was you see a, my front no here? Oh, <laughs> dog days of summer. That was the first thing. Yeah, I was but it was say. it was not that long ago. Yeah, it was like the end of April. And who, it was, who would have thought that in, in the, we're still in May, <laughs> and it feels like we're in no, the dog days it, it of was, summer? Okay, it might have been the end of March, and we were sitting here at this same table. Yeah. And we decided to do it outside, and we had to get rid of it in like 10... Like, this is going to be the five-hour podcast, because the last time we had to get rid of it in, in the half an hour, and we still probably last an hour. And I had the big, nice parka jacket, and now I'm, like, overdressed. Like, I want to take yeah. my clothes off, because it's so freaking warm right now. Yeah, so, it's great. So, Toronto there for you, man. Yeah, Stan- we're at, uh, obviously, Stanley Park Studios, and it's uh, I'm, still a bit, I'm still a bit warm. So, so, so basically, the the point of this is is that the ML season should only last the month of April, because that's the perfect weather. <laughs> too cold in the winter and too hot yeah, in the summer. That's, and then we're going to segue into a conversation on climate change and how it's affecting MLS soccer uh, in North America. And don't put a team in Florida because it's going to be underwater in a few years, anyways. Uh, so yeah, to get into that, obviously we're we're out here in the outdoors on a beautiful Saturday night, three uh, 0 loss. I was I was going to say the. Headline for this match, a classic Toronto FC performance <laughs> at Red Bulls Arena or against New York Red Bulls, however you want to phrase it. I'm sure that, I'm sure New York Red Bulls um, Twitter account puts all my podcast up as the New York Red Bulls official podcast. Because yeah. I tend to be here a lot for Red Bull games and I tend to be here other than the clinching game last the uh, end of last summer. Yeah. I tend to be for a Red Bull or easy like win, a, or yeah, <laughs> clinical shellacking. win or something. Yeah, at Red Bull Arena. Yes, it's very true. It's very true. And I've already got a few tweets, DMs, uh, messages being like, have fun. Had fun with this podcast. Well, guys. you can't. Okay, so I'm banning you from saying Wright Phillips and ML should look at League One. If you say Ricky Lambert, I'm, I'm walking up and leaving. <laughs> because every single time we've had the, and this is to your credit tonight because he had a hat trick, but. Every single time we did New York Red Bulls thing, you're you you always go into your tangent about MLS recruiting and the players that and they the, could the, have the gotten. the players level, yeah. <laughs> and how they think it's like, yeah. No, they have, I, to, I, pay, they have Simi- to pay. Should I should I do a? Oh, meanwhile a the DP guy. Meanwhile, meanwhile the DP guy. 
jumps, tries to create an earthquake with his jump on the ball, and or tries to crush the ball and gets a red card, and you know, yeah. other before that, unknown Varane, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'll do a promotional segment on and Jackson's Jackson's free now. Yeah, and Simeon Jackson being like, look, if Sean Wright Phillips can come into the league at his his pedigree. Why can't Simeon Jackson do the same? He's, he's at the same level. Well, so, so this podcast is sponsored by Simeon Jackson because I think he's out of contract right now. I think England, you're right, so. and, and I think Black. I saw a thing where Blackburn's fans were kind of like more on the negative side of signing him. I think a lot. Edgar's out of contract and Harbors as well. So, yeah, but it sounds like so Edgar is technically at Birmingham. Was is that Birmingham City? But he's on loan. No, no, but his contract ended. Yes, this year. And, okay. and and I think there's maybe he'll get signed by Sheffield. Oh, okay, okay. Since he was there this okay. year, that's what people are hoping. And then and then Herber, <laughs> tangent, but yeah, Herber got crew got relegated. Oh, Haber, so, sorry, Haber, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But he's a free agent as well. Yeah. So unattached FC, TFC, man. And, but then, and then they're the last one. We'll talk about it's the same Ricketts. There, we'll tie oh, this yeah, up. Yeah, Ties yeah. back to Toronto yeah. FC. Well, why, no, why, they, why all should, they, they all should be tied to TFC. You know, if they're yeah, all in a, in a way. So that, anyways, we've we've mentioned uh, New York Red Bulls and Toronto FC a long history with that with each other. And if I, the stat at the start of the game, nine two and one record against the Reds. Yeah, it's never. Well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think back because because uh, there was like I've seen every reincarnation of Sean Red Sean Redfield. Oh Brian, uh, Bradley. Oh, Bradley. Right, Brian Bradley. Oh everyone's gonna. So we've obviously corrected ourselves too late, and everyone's gonna be like, "Who are you talking about?" <laughs> Sean no, we said, early, we said early. We said Bradley earlier. Didn't I don't we? think we did. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, because because there's the game in Toronto where they dominated Red Bull. You know, because we like doing our history thing here. There's the game in Toronto we went to, where Red Bulls dominated, but but Bradley Wright Phillips almost played back, and he was a provider, and they still won that game fairly easily. And today he was the clinical striker. Yeah. And and you know it's it's a perfect segue to the beginning of the game because. Arguably, you know, most people would be doing this podcast 20 minutes into the game because <laughs> it was over. At the 30th home. minute, we put up our hands and said, check, please. Yeah, yeah. Check, please. <laughs> uh, it was ugly. I think the only things, you know, I think we have a lot of, like, outside of the game discussions I think we could have. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, you know, you were, you were, we were watching the game. We're like, how negative do we want to be on this episode? <laughs> and... Uh, I think you know. I think maybe we'll put the disclaimer at the front to be like you know we're, we'll obviously try our, try our best to like not be, but also keep it real. Like I think that's the most important thing. So in the in the overall context of the conversation, I think the I think the thing to start it off though, Aaron, is I okay. think so the listener understands. You know, we let's let's look at the first ten games and wins and losses and where the team should be because we said sure. this from the start and saying, let's be let's be real. They probably shouldn't have won the opener against the Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Most no one would have given that game, and if you look at these home games against New York City FC and Columbus, they should have won yeah. either one or both of those games. And in a way, where they're standing now with this loss, it's kind of a wash. Sure, and I would say you know I think the negative capacity of this game was the fixture itself, right? You know, we did have Javinko, which we might not expected to have. Bradley was gone. Uh, Eltador was gone because Bradley with U.S. Eltador injured. So I don't think and revenge from the win that we basically stole from them at the beginning of the season. So I would think it'd be a very ambitious Toronto FC fan to think that we could come into Toronto or come to New York and win again. I think the caveat is, though, is, you know, what we've realized with the salaries coming out is all our money has been put on defense. And I don't think our defense gave us a shot to this game, right? You know, like... 
if we want to be positive about Toronto, it was our motivation in the second half and trying to get back into the game. But we were, we, you know, we were behind eight ball very, very early, and and that's to some criticism. And 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 you know, we we mentioned it while we're watching the game. But I think you know your boy Perky wasn't responsible for most of the goals. I think it was Moore's coverage. Like I think Moore was the guy who was responsible on. Um, I think that was his assignment. Yeah, was right. And then you know we could also bring you know Bradley. Like you know was Bradley not there? His influence, his defensive qualities. You know, did it outmatch us completely? Yeah, I think the two things I will say, two things. The two things I say was a. I agree with you that after that opening game. You know, without having the committing the schedule to memory. Yeah. When I looked ahead and saw us back in New York so soon, I was worried. Okay. okay. Like I saw that and said, "There's no fucking way we're going back to New York and stealing another three points. That could be problems." Obviously, after last weekend, I was like, "Shit, this is really going to be a problem with New yeah. York beating NYC SCFC seven nothing." The other thing too is that last year and probably the year before. I would have said if Bradley's gone, whatever. You know, I, I've you've heard I've been on record saying that like you know when Bradley leaves because he's all over the place. Yeah. That I'm like this is actually for a better this is this is to our benefit because we play a more disciplined system and we're more organized. However, this year I would say I've liked that he's been this more focused. Yeah. In well, terms of his assignments, right? In terms of his yeah. role on the team, whereas in previous years he hasn't. So you can sit there and say, "Yeah, we were missing that sort of destroyer yeah. around the well, front, front I, of our I, defense." I'm, I'm completely flabbergasted in terms of my relationship with Bradley because I think it literally a year ago I wrote the article saying Bradley's a defensive midfielder. Stop taking wild shots from 20, 30 yards out, and then you know because he did not show that willingness throughout last season and we lost a lot of goals because of that and because of the investment on the defense this year I looked at Bradley as more of um, an attacking option and it was interesting you know because I haven't been on the podcast in a few weeks but I have listened to the other podcast you had and there's a debate last week saying where's offensive Bradley (laughs) you know again there's going to be a lot of frustration in this podcast but what Toronto FC frustrates me is structure of a team formation of a team and the building of a team should be connected but separate right you you go to your gm to fix the team because you're lacking in some spot right and so what toronto fc has been especially during that road trip which they started the season off was a a defensive oriented team but the the reason why you brought these four defenders in or you know up to four to three starting defenders in was is because you expected Bradley to be more offensive, right? And so, you know, when you're playing six back against a road team, you know, it got you points, it got you position. But my frustration with Toronto is less this game, and we can go into this game, but it has been those performances against New York City FC and, and Columbus. And, and I, honestly, you know, we should have worried about this New York game. You know, I worried about this New York game because uh, Montreal Impact scored four goals against Columbus a few weeks ago. New York City FC lost 7 nothing to the Red Bulls after they played Toronto. So my concern was, hey, look, these teams are scoring goals against these opponents that we're not scoring against. But At home. At home. But the other concern is, is we're allowing goals that these other teams are also allowing goals. Like, are we a worse team? It's difficult because Javinka went out early and Bradley wasn't playing and Eltador was hurt. But how bad are we compared to New York Red Bulls? 
And I think that's a concern because at the end of the year, when we evaluate this, it's those playoff games, it's playoff period, but it's those playoff games. We're going to have to play Red Bulls to some extent. We're going to have to play Montreal. We're going to have to play Columbus Columbus to get somewhere, yeah. right? And, and if so, we can't beat Columbus at home, yeah. can we expect to beat them on the road? Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I'll give, I'll compensate Toronto a bit. I, I'll try not to be incredibly negative because the irony is, is the last <laughs> Keep time. Keep it I, in perspective. No, no, it's because the like last a... time I literally was on this podcast, I said it was the best I've ever seen Toronto play. Yeah, that's and true. And that was the game in Montreal where it was a complete team, where they played completely, and they held Montreal back, and they took advantages where they took advantages. Now, I was always concerned at home, playing that system would bore the shit out of everybody, which happened to be the case but it will still get your points right we still got two points out of that question is is there's few times during the season you know Javinko looked hurt this game I don't know if that's a long-term injury but there's also you know September where Canada plays those crush crucial World Cup games yeah but USA also plays games so guys are going to be gone for that time there's other times during the season where guys might be hurt or gone you know all-star games stupid MLS stuff and so are we going to just roll, you know, are we just going to give up and say, okay, those are eight losses that are automatic and we got to win the next, do well in the next 25 games to do something, mm-hmm. right? And so, and, 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 you know, I think the most frustrating thing about this game was the last New York Red Bull game we saw, which was that clinching game at the end of the last year where it was the Toronto B team or, or the, the other guys. Yeah. And they seemed to be cool. Yeah. Right? And so that gave us some hope going into this game and probably gave us some worry leaving the game. But, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the points from this game. Uh, and if we start off, I mean, we mentioned a couple of the, I guess, the quote in the stats heading into this game. But obviously the one that was was the glaring one was the record that Toronto's had at Red Bull Arena or okay. against playing New York, which is, of course, 9-2-1. But also the interesting thing was about New York's, where they've been coming along this season. Obviously they had came out, they were off a terrible start yeah, of the season. Yeah that I think put them in a really high category. I think they, they said they had 20 goals against already this season. That's pretty significant. Possibly, yeah. And then, but also the caveat that there's, when you look between the two conferences, um, this is strange thing where these teams like Columbus has started off really slow and there's no team in the East who has more than five wins. Yeah. Whereas I think you have two in the West with eight. You, uh, I think there's like two or three with six wins in the West. Like it's, if you were at five wins in the West, you'd be sitting in sixth or seventh. Yeah. Um, so, as much as that's um, the scenario, you know, in Toronto's game, it's still like, you know, if you want to fill your glass half full, things are still within a shout. No oh, one's, yeah. there's no yeah. one, there's yeah. no, you know, it's not like uh, 2012 or 2013 where at this point in the season we're like, well, that's that's, not, that's a wrap. <laughs> you know, things are, things, we've seen everything there is to see. Well, um, in that sense, we should be positive because I think if you're a casual... There's two sides to it, No, right? but if you're like, a casual Toronto C fan, you watch this game and then you see Javinko coming off in the 20th minute, you're probably, you know, selling your uh, ticket TFC tickets on eBay for 10 bucks a piece because yeah. they're not worth watching the rest of the year, yeah. right? And I think this is this game was always going to be a circumstantial game based on where the game was held and, and, and the time of the season and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it changes my opinion in terms of where this team will be. But, you know, I think this is an ongoing conversation that we've had in every conversation is one and done seems pointless. You know, especially, you know, one and done away is even more pointless. But we live in a league with a playoff and you have to be the best team in October to not only make it, but win those games that, that count. Yeah. And it's like, you know, as much as I've said, we, you know, you need to keep things in perspective. 
each game, you know, it reveals things to you, right? Like yeah. it kind of tells you about what's the character of this team. What are these players like under XYZ circumstances to sort of build a, a bigger narrative or build the bigger story of what's going to happen come October. And we've obviously been following the league long enough to know what, yeah. what kind of story leads to success come September, October, and, and I guess going into November, right? So if we just take that and head into this game, obviously we know that Michael Bradley wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jovinko gets the captain armband, not Will Johnson. That was the thing that we were talking about last week. Who oh, okay. was going to get the armband? I thought it was going to be Will. The back line. Uh, you know the the three at the back, or the, if, you, if you want to call it five three two or a three five two. Oh, okay. Well. That experiment's out the window. <laughs> and we go back with Moro, Moore, Perky, Betashore, uh, midfield of Johnson, Osorio, Delgado, Lovitz, sort of Babuli and Jovinko up top. Players we're relatively familiar with. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe thinking they might have been trying to get a bit of a similar formation that they had from the opening game, see if that could yield any results. Yeah, and arguably, um, you know, Lovitz is a question, and Babuli is a there because there's no other option. But I think we, both of us like the idea of Delgado and and Osario as the midfield options in terms of like that. Like again, I think it would have been interesting to see Delgado more up as a winger and maybe Chapman in that role as a as a center provider, but. I don't think there's a huge difference between the two and stuff like that. And we got to see Morgan, so. <laughs> yeah, that was something we've been chattering about forever. <laughs> Talking out of our asses, being like, let's get Morgan out there. But this game, striker. this, like I said, the, the headline for this game is classic TFC away performance in New York. And it only took a whopping four minutes yeah. to get this going, where it was, uh, you know, Will Johnson, forever the, on Bez Pachenko's uh, grit analysis, He's at the top there. Showed his grit, does a hard foul at the side of the box, and New York gets the free kick. And uh, this is going to be the story of this first half, where it's uh, it looked like you know Morrow, I think, had his assignment because he was in the area of Wright Phillips, mm. but it looks like on all three goals we might be talking about Drew Moore. And uh, Wright Phillips, whether it was Drew Moore or not, you know, I think you got to look at that back line and say Moore is probably – probably the main guy back there. Sure, sure. And he's got to be the one to identify Wright Phillips. Like, sure. everyone's got to look and say, who's the key guy in this? Obviously, it's Wright Phillips. He's scored a obscene amount of goals the last couple of years. Yeah. And uh, gets the header on, he scores the goal. You know, that's just four minutes in, and we're already like, well, here we go. Yeah. You know, we can summarize this within, if I can run through maybe the first 30 minutes. But I guess what the, the thing I should note, too, is that at the 20th minute is when Jovinko goes off. Yeah, well, I think that up to that point is the most significant time, right? Right, because it's still 1-0, so it's like, okay, oh, okay. that's that's okay. an awful goal, but it's it's only 1-0 when Jovinko gets off, and then you see him. You really didn't even see much of anything. Like, you just kind of saw him. The replay just showed him kind of walking, but then you see him take his armband off. And to me, that they said, I think they said abductor, and I was like, uh, you injure your hamstrings or your calves, like you're lying down. You're kind yeah. of like, yeah. it's very noticeable when that happens, but a groin you can still keep walking, but you just feel gross yeah. kind of in that area, and you know that if you push yourself, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, so that was my suspicion, because he just seemed to walk off normally, and you're like, well, that's that. And I think everyone sort of had a, uh, it was a consensus or a collective groan. But this, you know, this that's, when that, you see something like that happen, I say, okay, because there's there are two you know there's two sides to a debate or discussion saying 
How good is Toronto without Jovinko? Well, I will say, and, and again, you know, I, this is another thing we're probably guilty of every time we, I'm on the podcast, but, you know, the funniness of the commentary, right? Because, um, you know, basically the idea was once Jovinko was off, that was the game, period. And it might have been the game, period, but, you know, the, the fact that that's even announced, so this is guy's off and that's the game back. And then later on, when they got a red card down 3 nothing, they go, oh, there's Toronto FC's chance back in the game. Yeah, glimmer of hope was the word they were they were putting out there. That was the line. And it's just, you know, it's it's circumstance, right? Like, like you know, I know we depend on Javinko way too much, and so our circumstances are different than anybody else's circumstance. But arguably, especially 20 minutes in the game, you know, injuries happen all the time, right? And hopefully he's not gone for, you know, it's a good time, but hopefully he's not gone for a long time. But to give up or to say, okay, now we got a shot just because of circumstances. It seems a far stretched, especially in a game where arguably, you know, Javinko's impact wasn't that strong in that first 20 minutes. And as we saw soon after, you know, the game was over, right? Like we were clinically dispatched very quickly. And so, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, here's the, here's the thing that I'll carry on as I go through the, the, first, uh, the first half, because I think, Maybe there's an interesting discussion there because you look at 23rd minute, you have Wright Phillips going 1v1, yeah. scores this goal. More arguably. The only interesting thing I found about, I think it was the second goal, was that was almost the exact same goal Javinko missed a week before against Columbus, right? Like he basically had a little space on oh, the pole, it, yeah. pole and, and, you know, uh, Wright Phillips was able to put it right in that spot. And that's the one where Javinko when missed he the net. missed the net. So I thought that was semi-interesting just to show that, again, it's not to criticize Javinko in any way. It's just to show you that soccer talent is varied, right? Yeah. Like you can be, you, you know, Javinko is not God Almighty who can do everything. You know, there, he's, he's, he's likely to make mistakes. And there's also guys like Sean Wright Phillips in this league who can. Bradley. Like, oh, Bradley Wright Phillips. <laughs> Sean's a more famous one, man. Yeah. So he's going to always nail me. But there's guys like Brady Wright Phillips who. Let's can, just say Wright Phillips. Yeah, Wright Phillips. <laughs> yeah, the other one didn't come on, so I'm, I'm clean. No, there's guys like Wright Phillips who can do a Javinko. Yeah, and I know. think that's. I mean, he scores three goals in under 30 minutes. And then the other one was off uh, a corner, if I'm not mistaken. And then it kind of bounced to the far side. And Grella kind of slots it into him, and he kind of gets that angle on yeah. Moore that Moore can't close him down. He puts it in. Yeah. And I say. You know, you look at Wright Phillips' impact over the last two and a half years. He scores a hat trick this game. And, you know, you compare Wright Phillips to a Jovinko in a way. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm kind of getting at. And I said, that's, I mean, that's interesting that the the difference of the pedigree, the salary, all that kind of thing. And you, like, Wright Phillips is an impact player in this league. Yeah. Um, and, a, and, a, and a player that's been essential for New York yeah. since 2014. And he comes from essentially like League One. Yeah. And and I think oh, just to kind of Lambert, maybe kind of say Lambert. <laughs> I'm not going to say Lambert, but I'm just going to put like I think I just like I just kind of like I like to put the narrative on its head a little yeah. bit cuz when people talk about Toronto they're like and of course Giovinco is the best what we've seen, the best player we've ever I've ever seen on definitely Toronto see and if not the best I've ever seen in MLS. However, if we're talking about goals and and output it's like you kind of say geez, like we don't need to spend seven million a year, possibly. You don't need to go to Juventus to find find an output yeah, as such, yeah, right? If yeah. if you do your if you do your research and you do your homework and you have a good scouting network, 
bag Arguably. that isn't giving your coach and your GM kickbacks, yeah. um, then. Then oh, arguably, well, you should be able to find and build a team. You know, with realistically, and, and you know, not to break into stuff we're going to possibly talk about later, but you should be able to have a Jovinko and an alternative on the bench who can score goals and not pay four hundred fifty thousand to P- to PK or per per key. Yeah, it's it's you know there was like one of the things when we were discussing doing this podcast. The one question I said is you know how to develop a team. Do you have your nucleus and then you build the DPs around it in some sense? And, and to be honest with you, you know, and you're, we were talking about LA, you know, this is to us own, but we were talking about LA Galaxy and Bruce Arena and stuff like that. And that's what Munch, uh, New York basically did with Wright Phillips, right? Wright Phillips was at the end of his season in England, which is currently happening now. Um, he was out of contract. They said, come over here, you know, take a shot for a couple of months, see what you do. And he came in and he was effective. And so then they gave him a, a decent contract. He became effective again. Then they gave him a DP contract, which counts on the cap the same as Dravinko, but certainly doesn't count in the pocketbooks the same as Dravinko. And he's proven to be, you know, an asset to a team that has been one of the most successful teams in the past two, three years in the league. So yeah. not trying to be negative and not trying to, to attack certain people. But, you know, one of the things with the success at the beginning of the season was this, thank God for Toronto FC back office and look at the smart moves they did and look at the <laughs> great, and now, you know, great recruiting they did and additions and all this kind of stuff. And this is the consequence of it, you know? It's, 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 we are a average team in MLS, below average team in MLS with few key players who can keep us in games if it's necessary. Yeah. And, I, and it's like, that's maybe something I'll throw out to the listener to consider, answer, or think about is that, you know, do you feel that Toronto, you know, because we've said there's two ways to build a team. Do you build your team to get competitive and then you sign these DPs to take you over the top? Or, there's, or is like their team like Toronto where it's like they become competitive as a result of signing those DPs? And then you fill up the gap afterwards. Well, the I started, I, I, yeah, and, yeah. And, and what does what does yeah. tonight's game? Tell well, and you I think that? tonight's a good example because because situationally, when Javinko left the game, we were a team without DPS. Yeah. Right. And so we can look what we have, and then say, what will DPS be effective? How we will succeed with DPS? You know, thing like that. And and you know, not being negative, you know, I thought Johnson was his very active self, which can get himself in trouble. I thought Johnson played a, a, a good game, right? I think his confidence on the ball, what he was capable of doing, all of that kind of stuff. I think if Sheru wasn't hurt, I think he could have been an asset to the team. I thought um, Delgado played well and was active. You know, he did the earlier in the game. Mubuli had that nice through that ball. Mo- yeah, Mubuli did that through ball again. So, again, if you have things you can work with, like like this is the thing, it, it's it's – we're only going to look at this on a negative side because this is the aftermath of what we have. Right. Where reality is if we look at the positive of what we have and build with that. That's why I think this period, you know, especially games in Montreal and the Canadian Cup, gives us a chance to look at the team like that. And and it should give us, you know, and that's why I was upset with the Columbus game where they had a situation where a left winger was coming off the team and they didn't put Moro in that, you know, they didn't put Morgan in that position, which fits perfectly. And you can say Morgan's not good enough, but you have to prove Morgan's not good enough, right? Yeah. You can't just randomly say and stuff I, and, and do it's stuff, like, right? And I can point to examples that says, well, he's shown that he can be good enough. Yeah. We saw it in 2011, 2012, yeah. especially 2012. Yeah. I mean, that's now four years ago. Holy yeah. shit. But 
he's shown that in an overlapping wing back kind of situation, he can find the likes of a Danny Coverman's. Had something, oh no! Had something, I had something to piggyback off okay. what you were just saying. Sure. Because the one thing I was going to say was that while we we're watching that, and I kind of said, you know what, this honestly, this result doesn't bother me that much, or wouldn't bother me that much, looking at the players we have and who's on the field, as long as I was comfortable that this was there's something going on here by design. Yeah. Is that the players on the pitch? It's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm fine with, you know, Babuli like still kind of, sort of struggling a bit right now. If that means come September, he's like, he's clicking, he's firing all cylinders. Because yeah. you got, I mean, match fitness just doesn't happen. Like, you got to get in, you got to start, you got to get minutes down. Same thing with Morgan. If, if I see people criticizing Morgan after this game for whatever reason, I'm just going to roll my eyes and be like, what the fuck? He's played 28 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. what do you think? He's going to walk on against the Red Bulls and, like, light it up? If he does, that's amazing, but come on. Well, like, and, and to be honest with you, I think Toronto's given an unfair advantage to these players by not identifying what these players are before giving them opportunities to play those roles, right? We we are seeing Babuli react in situations where Babuli's forced to play. We don't know, right? We we you know we don't know Babuli's a striker. You know, I almost think him, you know, with those through balls is a better as an attacking midfielder, right? You know, in terms of an option in that sense. Moro, is he still our left back? He was playing forward. <laughs> yeah, last <laughs> you know? week last week uh, you know I said I, 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 Look back on the Columbus game when yeah. Jovinko got unlocked for that 1v1, the one okay. that we talked about he missed. Yeah. When Babuli had the ball, there was two options to him in front of him. Yeah. Jovinko yeah. and Moro. Yeah. The left back, yeah. in quotes. Yeah. You're just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 and there's a lot of these. Um, Hamilton came on tonight. Yeah, yeah. Which, which you know, a lot of us have hope for Hamilton That's a story and think too, he's right? a decent player. But it's, it's Toronto's missing a forward, Altidore's gone. And then Hamilton just happens to show up in the middle of a New York Red Bulls game, right? Like, this should be, Hamilton is fourth on our depth chart. This is the reason why we think Hamilton can replace Altador. Yeah. This is the reason why we think Hamilton will struggle in Altador's role. You know, like, like the lack of communication. But it almost feels, you know, you there was a great comment last week in last week's pod where you're like, oh, maybe Toronto, you know, you're talking about training. And you're saying maybe, you know... Does Toronto use Babuli in training so he knows where guys stand and stuff? And he goes, Toronto, probably not. And you guys all laughed. It would be it would be ridiculous if that was the truth. But because Toronto doesn't tell us that or doesn't report that or doesn't make that clear, we have to assume that. Yeah. You know, and that's the embarrassing part, right? The embarrassing part is is they brought players on tonight who could be effective. They just never gave him a chance to be effective, right? Yeah. And and, and that's so, I think the the Hamilton discussion. I don't. I don't know if I want to make a discussion yet, but I'll say. I'll say that where it's like. Well, I can. You, give you, you wonder. It's I like can give you a great counterpoint. Is he, I mean, who's the Altador? Uh, who's the out? You're playing a team. And you have like obviously a system you're trying to put in place. So who's the Altador on TFC two? Yeah. You have to assume from a striker perspective it must be Hamilton, but we know Hamilton's not getting the kind of minutes that he should. Yeah. Yet, like you said, he pops up here now. Yeah. And well, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a great um, counterpoint or comparison. Is Brandon Allen. Came on for his first debut in the 80th minute for New York Red Bulls tonight. A guy who I've certainly talked about a lot, you know, even on Red Nation Online, who is criticized for being your, you know, number nine, your static striker, guy in the box, you know, doesn't add a lot, but he's just there when the chances come. And, you know, on a questionable offside play, what he does, he puts the ball in the net. He's standing right there when you want that play to happen, right? The iron, I should not be able to know New York system that well. I don't live in New York. I don't watch Red Bull games every single day. But because 
Red Bulls are clear in terms of how they develop players and where those players are going to fit. And because I'm aware of that, I knew when he came on, I go, oh, this is what he does. Yeah. And, you know, this was two minutes happen. later, <laughs> this is what happened, right? Yeah. Which, which, you know, arguably, Morgan was playing center forward, right? Because he got a couple of fouls on the goalkeeper at some point in the game, which is not his position. Hamilton completely, you know, I don't have the stats on him, but completely disappeared when he came on the pitch. I didn't know his position, right? And so outside of Johnson, who was playing that holding Bradley role, he was the only guy with a, with a distinguished position, yeah. right? And, you know, I don't know who's accountable for that, but that's... Maybe... I think we, I think we went to that negative puck. <laughs> we'll, don't worry, we'll bring it back. We'll okay. bring it back. I don't think it is. I think, it's, like okay. I said, like, we, hey, look, we gave the disclaimer off the top of the pod. Well, we, we said, lost three nothing. Yeah, we so, lost. So how, how many, like, how awesome are we going to be like, eh, everything's great, guys, don't worry. Like, uh, hey, that, po- that podcast ahead of you on ML Soccer would probably say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the only, the only other points, the only thing I think talking points from the game, obviously, was I mean, we, did, we mentioned the, the red card to New York, yeah. which was hilarious. Yeah. I, like, I don't know what, I've never seen well, jumping. It, like, a, like, okay, a, like okay. he wasn't even, he didn't even slide. I think, I think a good point with that is a sense of the league that we're playing in. And I don't want to be negative MLS because that's an easy <laughs> standpoint. We just said we weren't going to. Okay, be. okay. <laughs> but. Salary cap wise, Veron counts the same as Javinko. And that's the guy they brought in. New York brought in to a successful team to be the game changer, the guy who's going to influence the game. Thing. I don't remember hearing Veron's name prior to that goofy tackle he tried. Or, you know, I think he was trying to cause an earthquake or something. I don't yeah. know what he was trying to do. I said, that's a move. You, you stomp on the ball and <laughs> deflates. To give it a good, a good sense, a sense of an idea, you know, our frustration with Toronto FC is not our goal is unattainable, right? Like, like there's faults throughout yes. the league. There's situations throughout the league. You know, yeah. there, there's little caveats that make us a good team from a bad team and stuff like that. And it's our frustration is a sense of sense. And, and I think that's good. You know, one of the things that, that Toronto sees interest me this year, and, and we talked, you know, probably in the, during the New York Red Bulls thing, is we actually care about the team. And, and I do still feel that this is a team that could be competitive. This is a team that could make the playoffs. This is a team that could win this year. This is a team, you know, we got the new stadium. More people are coming out to the game. It's it's a yeah. vibe, you know, everything like that. So there's great opportunity. It's just like frustration. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, buddy, you could, you know, well, you're not like, dealing with an impossible fucking shit here, yeah. right? That, and that's like, again, as a little sidebar, that, like that's, that is my eternal frustration okay. with Toronto is okay. that and then where yeah, you go I'm where, finally in your boat <laughs> yeah right but we're like that's where like for me and for those who understand like that's a lot when we talk about these criticisms a lot of times that's where it comes from because it's like I have high expectations because I truly believe it's not in, it's, it's not insurmountable in MLS for a team to be at the top yeah and and when you have a team like Toronto where it's we're top of the payroll and all this and that and especially it's like you know we should we have the province of Ontario at our fingertips, which is like, yeah. it's, it's just, well, that's we the should thing. Be, that's I really thing. feel like, like we, we should be doing, dominating. If we, were, if we were literally doing a Red Bulls podcast, right, our question would be, why are we paying $500,000 for Ron when we have a guy like Alan in the system? Yeah. Like, it would be a completely negative, but positive, like the, the, the gist of it would be completely mad positive, right? Yeah. Like, it would be, like, it would why do we pay that money yeah. and we yeah. cut Corbos, yeah. right? Or, or like, something like that. Something like, like that. It's like, and, that would be my question. It would be like, again, the money could be better spent. 
whether it's a, a different but, it, but it's a positive story it's like we're doing so much great stuff how do we make our great stuff better yeah where we're you know where in toronto it's like i think there's great stuff being done I just don't know what the great, you know, I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't know, you know, I don't know. We're not yet convinced. Yeah. That's what I feel like. I'm still, I'm still like, uh, well, and, I get and, nervous. And, I get and the nervous. frustration thing is, is I don't think Vanny's convinced. I don't, I think, I think MLC tries to convince you they're convinced, but I don't think. And uh, I'll tell you today, yeah. you wore the pink shirt <laughs> and we got killed. Now the pink like shirt the is picture. out the window. I like the pink shirt. But. Well, it was a fail safe for the result. <laughs> oh, was now it? Now he wore a pink shirt and we lost. Oh, okay. Was pink it? shirt was, was it? Oh, okay. It was key. Know. Oh, okay, okay. I, I like. So now, stylish. now, now it's like Vanny's sitting there being like, "What do I have to do to win a game? Yeah. What am I gonna do?" We mentioned uh, the Veron red card, the other, and then of course we mentioned we had a few laughs at that halftime when they said, "Now there's a glimmer of hope." <laughs> Down a man, even though it's like, uh, I can, I think we can think of one time that Toronto FC scored without Jovinko on the pitch, and John, uh, but Johnson we almost got, got it. Johnson got gypped off a penalty, oh. which, which I thought the referee was going to whistle it no matter what. Like, he was looking for the action. Instead of looking at the penalty, he was looking for the action off the ball, and he was going to whistle no matter what happened. And it's difficult. You you, you called it at the, the moment. It's difficult to hit two penalties in a row and not... It's really... It's a cost it's me, a mind cost fuck. me fantasy points. Yeah, but. it's a mind <laughs> fuck, right? Because now Johnson's sitting up there, and he goes, he knows I want to go right. Yeah. I did go right. Like, yeah. it happened. It just happened. So what do I do? And he's hit it really shitty like if, you, if you're gonna go the other direction you got to put it in at the post and and one of the things as i said earlier i liked how johnson played and one of the reasons i say that because the same frustration we had with bradley prior is when johnson knew he had to be an offensive threat he took those bulls by the horn and he actually was semi-effective there was the shot where he took that deflected and he could have got a goal um and to be honest with you i thought he was one of the most effective players in the second half for both teams, and, and including Toronto. Like I thought he was my player of the game for Toronto. Sure. At that, we can think we can exit the game, Aaron, and I guess say, luckily, except for I guess we have the Canadian Championship games coming up. First one is this you Wednesday. Care? Okay, there. Let's there. We, <laughs> let's get right into it then, okay. hey, Aaron. Do okay. I care? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Okay. And I'm sorry for TFC supporters. I know there's some who are like very much care no, a lot no about easy it. easy games against El Salvador in 2017. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a popular opinion because I know that there's some that are like very much like, you know, we got to have it all. Yeah. But you know, from my perspective, I, I really feel like this is the game that you like you get let some kids get some, like some guys who aren't getting minutes, let them get some good minutes. And if we get through, bonus. Like keep yeah. going along that way. Uh, you know, a little Europa League-ish in a way. Okay. Uh, is the way that I feel about it. I, I just do think that, you know, Toronto's at a point in the club's history where it's like 2010 when Preki was here, I remember him kind of being like, no, the league's a priority and we kind of all got upset and I was probably like that too. I was like, I really like these games. But I think until we get a handle and, and it's like, yes, we are a solid league team every year, no matter what. Well, then I, I, then I, also, I want to be like, yeah, I also think, I want it, I also then I'm going to want it all. Just to, you know, not put all the thing on Toronto. I think it's a thing on CSA to try to legitimize the tournament, you know, by adding additional teams into it, by making it a true tournament instead of a four-team. You know, it's like the Trillium Club, right? Yeah. You win it because you, you know, you win a couple of games. So I think the idea of, you know, additional teams and making it a true Canadian FA Cup, you know, those things, you know, even uh, maybe even adding TFC2 as a 
as a team in the, you know, they do that in Netherlands where you have the B teams in the tournament and yeah. stuff like that. So it is Montreal and I don't know how much Montreal is going to care. And I think it's a chance for those guys to get minutes. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, that might matter, but. Um, yeah, and I wonder, I'd be interested if you asked like a Montreal supporter, if they would kind of be, say, it's like, look, we made it to the finals. Like we've, we've had a moment there, like, yeah. Is it? Do they look at it being like, I want to get back there? Like, no, you know what? We we still haven't really made our imprint on the league. Yeah, I, you know, because I would. I was thinking as you're talking, I was like, okay, do I care about it? Maybe the answer is not this season. Yeah, right. Like maybe well, that's. Well, maybe I would that's only say, say. I would only say right now. Um, I do. Let's say in I terms of deserving, I think Vancouver deserves to win the 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 Canadian Championship because yeah. of not only their team but also what they've been doing in terms of developing Canadians through their academy and all that kind of stuff. And so as a show me, you know, if uh, Raheem Edwards or a Malik Johnson gets an opportunity with the first team to say, hey, you know, we are decent enough, Cello or whoever, we are decent enough to compete. At for against Vancouver, against Montreal, in terms of a academy level, in terms of a youth development level, I think in that sense it has value. Um, I wouldn't make it a priority, and I wouldn't. It's, it's interesting because I don't think you're really at risk of hurting anyone. Maybe Johnson, but I don't think you're risk at draining anyone or hurting anyone by yeah. playing anyone. So I think it's just going to happen. Yeah, because technically it's a break, right? So. Yeah. I think you would arrest Dravinko, you know, that would have been the question, right? Would you play Dravinko in these things? And I think you probably wouldn't, but now you probably don't have to, so. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely you won't. Yeah. Now at this point, I think that's that's a sure thing. The, to, to, I guess the last talking point, Aaron, and this is what you brought up during the podcast, I think is, a, is an interesting wrap-up to the episode, is, you know, we're about, we are about a third mm-hmm. into the season, and as I talked about earlier in the podcast, saying, you know, every game, you know, you, more things get revealed about the team, can tell, it starts telling a story, starts building a narrative. We start to have a sense of what could come based on our previous knowledge of the league and the team. Something to the listener, you know, fire this into us, uh, email, Twitter, DM, however you want to say it. At this point, you know, with, with uh, what's coming up this summer, what changes would you make to the team? What things have, would you identify as any glaring issues? Well, I definitely do. You know, I think, you know, and I think we should have been more in the um, know of this is I think the fact that they let all the strikers go and that we don't, we lack in that position. I think that's a concern. If I was looking at the first 10 games of the season, I was grading Toronto. I think you probably give a higher grade than expectation on Irwin. Um, and then, you know, the other ones would be almost cheating. Like, not cheating, but you'd give a better rating to Babouli. But you shouldn't be rating Babouli, right? So, arguably, I think most of the team is doing, you know, I think Eltador is a disappointment so far because of the injury, but also his performance. But I think most of the team is doing sort of what you expect the team to do. Although, I do think, I, you know, I think there's worrying parts as the season progresses that we're going to be in situations like today. We were deserved underdogs in the game tonight especially when Dravinko left the game. And so, you know, we lack depth. I don't know how necessarily to fix that, right? Yeah, because it is like you're looking through the summer like that. It's all kind of like quick fix stuff. And it's like, where do you make up the room? Where do you make up the salary, et cetera, et cetera. Like Toronto, I think really, you know, we taught, you'd mentioned at the start of the season, like they really kind of, and we said it last week, they rolled the dice or kind of hemmed themselves in when they said, okay, we're going to, we're going to spend a lot of money or we're going to refocus well, the on the back. The, the frustrating thing to me with Toronto 
is they did not only, and we do this a lot, is we did not only concentrate on the back, but we committed to players that we already had at the back. So, you know, Hagelin is on his team. Yeah, you might not know that, but he is. And so guys like that, who we have as depth players, who have no value to Williams, right? Like, I, you know, I don't mind Williams. I think he's a decent player. When he came in, he might have been needed at the end of the stretch run. But then to come back a year later and to be on 150000 bucks to say, oh, you've you got to be on this team, yeah. it's pointless, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I know he, he probably got that because they offered him that when they signed him initially, and that's why Perky's money's so high. I don't think there's many players on this team that other teams are going to want. So I don't think there's a trade option available. And, you know, maybe the team can be smart and try to get Ricketts or someone like that and say, hey, man, we'll pay you 60000 bucks for this year, but the next year we'll try to get you back or something. Yeah. But I think certainly that, you know, and I don't want to bring that cat out of the bay because <laughs> it's been a secret for a while, but I think, I think Ricketts is a guy who could be a, very advantageous to Toronto. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, you you pulled one out there that I would probably would have thought and said, yeah, like you could probably get him at a decent wage, and you know I'm sure that Toronto supporters might have mixed feelings about him, knowing him from Canada. But I would say that like I think he's he's got some assets in his game. Well, the one that would be good. Yeah, the one thing you know the, again, the one thing Toronto probably lacks is a guy who's just going to go out there and run and take minutes, and I don't think these young players and are has in, height. That, in that position. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. has some height. But no, no, like, like where Ricketts reminds me is the uh, Ferran. Oh, uh, Nakajima Ferran. Yeah, who came in and played a position that Toronto lacked for that period of time. Yeah. And I think that that's what we need, right? Like, we, we, we are desperately in need of that. And, and I, I think that Toronto, to think that they can fulfill that on their own, what they have, I think is, is you know, probably not going to be the case. Yeah. And um, there's one other move. Oh, what is it? Um, oh, yeah, Perky. <laughs> he might. You, know, you never know, right? Like, uh, let me, I'll just, here's my, here's my, like, I know I, like, people are sick of me, me sick of me complaining about it. But I will just, my, I just say that, like, I just feel like, now that we know how much he makes this year, and he's an international, I just I just expect more. And in a game like this, I guess you know, he never got a call from Poland, did he? I guess not. <laughs> no, I wish he had. On a game like this, you know, you kind of wish. Like I, I envision, like oh, the battle against Wright Phillips and like, uh, you know, your four hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars center yeah, back, yeah. and it's Drew Moore yeah. who's the guy that's yeah. responsible and and couldn't handle it, yeah. couldn't handle it. Yeah. And you well, think that well, and, and you're going to put that yeah. money on a CB? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think that, that like that should be a marquee matchup, and yeah. that it should be a battle, and not three yeah. fairly easy goals for Wright Phillips? Well, and that's what New York did, right? New York lost Mazega or Maziga last year, and so they needed someone because they couldn't fulfill it on their own. They got Bob, but then they also got Colleen, who they you know were able to bring in, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, there's certainly ways of doing that, and you know maybe you know like it's it's interesting because Perkey's played significant minutes from Toronto maybe he wants to go back to a team in Europe and I you know maybe that's a viable option who would you remember the guy that you once you ID'd was he at uh, Crystal Palace or Fulham oh the big American guy yeah and I had listed as the cheap you know free 50,000 guys who could uh, play in the MLS all of them had spectacular seasons the last year like all of them raised their level yeah <laughs> so they're now above 
MLS level, but at the time, you know, MLS team, like that Red, you know, Rodriguez, the the yeah, 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 he was like the second top scorer in in uh, in uh, Turkey. Yeah, yeah, like you know, so you go Rodriguez, Rodri- yeah, 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 I know you're yeah. talking about. And so now, Anyways, now they're million dollar players. I'll so go back can. and look it up because you wrote it in one, an article for Arno, and you meant you mentioned this guy. He was a center back, and he was like six five or six six, American background, played in the EPL. And he's out of contract now. I think he's 32 or 33. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like he's got tons of... It's just like everything about it. You're like, that would be fucking a million times better than Damien Perky. And you could probably get him for like 350 to four, right? Like, Well, you yeah, again, like that arguably the way they should do it is, is, is they should have hundreds of guys that they can choose from at different price levels and then compensate which price level they can bring in. Like that's one of the problems I have with MLS is they feel they have to bring in a four hundred thousand guy in, and it just shocks you, yeah. right? Like you look at the guy and you go, you know, like Perky is an interesting story because again he wasn't as paid as much last year, but he basically got pushed out of Spain because he was a, a liability, head, yeah. yeah. And so it's like we'll take your liability and we'll also pay him max dollars in our yeah, <laughs> crazy. Okay, so <laughs> I hope this was an enjoyable one. Didn't really follow. Like, what do you expect after a three 0 loss to the Red Bulls? It was a classic, a, a classic performance and a classic post Red Bulls episode. No, no, I no funny joke. Sparky, no question. Oh no, Sparky, dear no, Spark. No, there was no, no, no history. No, no history. You want to give one history story? I don't know <laughs> if I have one. I'm trying to think. Getting drunk after losing five nothing <laughs> the playoff game in two thousand nine is that a, is that words that people want to hear that story? No, they don't. <laughs> um, I think I got I think it was Limoncella. I was sitting with a friend, this Italian guy, the first oh, yeah. time I ever hung out with him, and he has big ball limoncello, and we just sat there watching on a computer screen, just both of us not saying a word, arms folded, and just getting wasted on <laughs> this, you know, Italian lemon alcohol. I've drank it. I've drank four balls of wine and gone into a club and fell asleep in the club, yeah. thinking that you're just going to get drunk. But yeah. wine drunk is a different. It's than funny a how drink. after that game, everyone, you're like, oh. You could think back and be like, that was really our only chance. <laughs> Except for, you know, last year we got in. But you don't, you don't have a Canadian championship story? Were you there? You weren't there for the day after the earthquake or the day after the storm or the Tuesday morning game? No. No, no the one went against the, Dallas? Were you, no, 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 the champions. You remember the one that we cheated? That we're losing to Vancouver and they had to cancel the game because oh, it was such yeah, a yeah, crazy yeah. storm that the game was played the next morning at like no i didn't do that one uh, although there was the one where we played i think it was in the it was in the champions league against dallas okay. i think that was the same year and uh andre went to that the next game and he was like it was the weirdest <laughs> experience of my life i mean you hear everyone swearing on the, like you heard everything right you're just like that's oh yeah yeah no it's basically whenever they do closed door how cool it's, yeah, it's almost like closed you, door you're you muting guys yeah, you basically yeah. mute the yeah. stadium yeah I would like to do. I mean, sometimes you. Sometimes, well, let's be honest. There's been a few uh, either Champions League games or whatever games where the crowd has been so small. I've essentially we've been here. <laughs> well, that was the funniest. The funniest one is 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 um, is the games are on Fox. This is the Champions League story, and the games are on Fox, right? And the background they have is a static background, so they're talking like it's it's a bad vision, right? Like I think they're in their own studio yes, watching usually, the game. Yeah, like, they're not even there. at the game, right? Yeah. So this is the old stadium where it was yeah, two Ray floor. Hudson this is, is not a stadium in where it's two floors on one end and one floor, on, you know, this is the old BMO where it's two yeah, floors yeah. on one end and one end on, on the other. <laughs> and so they're doing the broadcast with the impose of the stadium behind. 
but they take the second level with nobody in the stadium. <laughs> like you could, it's an opposed photo. You yeah. think you could get an opposed photo to South End and have it in the background so yeah. it looks like there's something going on? Yeah. But it looked like there's a dead stadium. They're like, oh yeah, we're here in the... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's home. We won those games though. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there you go. There's, there's the, I don't know what segment you call that. <laughs> Let's leave it there, Aaron. We're getting... Quite yeah, a ways yeah, along, yeah, yeah. and uh, luckily there's been no skunks in the park yeah. tonight. I think it's too early in the year for the skunks to come along. Yeah, no um, so, of course, everyone get you at uh, Prospect 11 and at ENB Sports yep. for all your updates. Um, trying to think what's been going on and what's coming up. Anything? I mean, you've been you've, you've been tweeting stuff sometimes about League One Ontario. Yeah, yeah. I've been a little bit involved I've been with your trying local club. To, yeah, yeah. North Toronto Nitros, man. We're dominating the league, man. We won <laughs> four nothing, five nothing. We're we're doing really well. Um, yeah, I would I would suggest since I got some time, I'd suggest people come out to League One Ontario. I think the season is very exciting. If you don't believe that, you um, League One Ontario are actually videotaping all their games and putting them up on YouTube, so you can see the quality yourself before you go out. But I I went to North Toronto's first home game. I think that it was a freezing cold day. It was a couple of weeks ago. And I think they I had was gonna about, go, and I didn't. <laughs> okay, but they had about three hundred people out, so it was fun, and yeah. it was cool, and and um, and again, a lot of interesting talent. Like a lot of these kids are, you know, not even kids. A lot of these players are are decent players and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's a good brand of soccer to watch. Yep, I would uh, echo that. Say ditto. Anyways, um, obviously people know they can get me at Clark R N O or info or have your say at RenaissanceOnline.ca. Hey. That's the question. If you want to tweet something, you know, if if you could make any changes uh, with TFC at this stage of the season uh, or going through the summer, what do you think are the top top things to do? And we can keep that that little storyline running over over the summer and into the fall. <laughs> see what see what people see what predictions were real. Like if the things that happen, if they happen or not, or if it's like, yeah, that person was right. We should have done this. I'd be interested to see how it, yeah, how it yeah, plays yeah. out. No, okay. So we'll leave it at that, and uh, we got Montreal midweek. I don't know how, you know, if the ep- we'll get an episode of that, so we might be on a little bit of a break, maybe until until the what is it, the eighteenth? Yeah, that Toronto gets back at it. So, anyways, guys, thanks for listening. The next time it could be this week, might be the week after, uh, but enjoy the start of the Euros and the the Copas, and we'll catch you definitely uh, Germany and Argentina if you want to put money on it. All right, there you go. No, Uruguay. I like Uruguay over Argentina. Okay. And Germany over England. Okay. There you go. You make some good money if you put those bets down. Listen to Aaron, professional gambler. There you go. Uh, And uh, so worst case scenario, next Tromsey game in MLS. We'll catch you then. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online from The Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. This time you push me too far!